Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. This, guys, was Bruce Arians, former Bucks head coach, courtesy Arizona Sports 98.7. Listen to this. Yeah, it's on the horizon for him. I mean, he's a star, and uh, I I get credit, and Brady gets way too much credit for what Byron does with our offense. And uh, one of the reasons I, I hope he gets all the credit he deserves this year uh, to get a head coaching gig. You know, he had about four or five teams real interested last year and went to the Myers once. I would anticipate him to be a head coach real fast. The him, of course, is Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator of the Tampa Bay Bucks. Listen to what he said, though, about Brady. I get credit, and Brady gets way too much credit for what Byron does with our offense. Way too much credit. Brady gets way too much credit. Like, <laughs> Key, I get it. I get it. He's trying to up, you know, trying to up uh, Leftwich. But, uh, and now, you know, he said, I get credit. But Brady got way too much credit, Key. He doesn't get way too much credit. Brady got way too much credit. Oh, that's man, right. y'all need to stop, man. That's it, it, right. It, it, Take I, the cheese. He's saying, but buddies, he's saying that they both get way too much credit, which is true. You're a quarterback, you're a head coach, you're a great quarterback and a good head coach, and you won a lot of games, and one guy's won seven Super Bowls, six prior to that, and now, you know, things look a certain way, and Byron Leftwich didn't get the head coaching job when, in fact, he decided to go with Todd Bowles, but Byron Leftwich did get opportunity. He turned down the Jacksonville Jaguar job because he didn't want to work with Trent Bokey, the general manager in Jacksonville, and so... He's just putting that out there so that his guy gets the proper credit that he needs because too many times in this league, as y'all all know, Evan included, that the head coach gets all the credit, especially if there's an African-American offensive coordinator, they don't tend to prop those guys up. So Bruce Arians is just saying Brady is good and great, but it's really Byron Leftwich. I just don't understand why you have to even put Brady's name in it. Everybody knows that Brady – play for the Bucks. Everybody knows that he won a Super Bowl. Just like, look, you know, everybody talks about other people getting a lot of credit here, but people don't talk enough about Byron Leftwich. It just feels like if the rumors are true about Tom Brady and Sean Payton talking about what is going on, them potentially being down in Miami together, if that is true, the cumulative effect for me is like, hey, this light that needs to be shined on Brady, like, yeah, like, why even throw his name on the mix? Keep, like, it, it feels keep like there's Tom some Brady's name thing out, out of your, your mouth. 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 Right. Just well, say, I mean, Byron Leftwich. Uh, okay, so he, he here's here's another way. I guess he could he could have just said if 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 y'all's ears are so sensitive to the fact that he mentioned Brady's name and said credit, then he could have just said we as a staff. Or, 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 or something along those lines, get way too much credit and left Brady out of it. I, yeah. I get it. I understand it. But I think he is making a stronger point because what happens is people on television that call these games, the first thing they say is, what a great job by Tom Brady. What a great job by Bruce Arians. They never really say, oh, my God. Bruce uh, 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 Byron Leffert's dialed it up. I've watched it. I've watched it, man. I hear it. I see it. You look at it in Kansas City. The first thing they say is, what a great play Andy Reid called right there. Well, Andy Reid ain't calling the damn plays. Okay? The man done already said it. He done said it 50 times. How much more you want him to say it? But they still say it. Well, this this actually, look, 
there are enough conspiracy theorist lunatics in our in in American life nowadays, and like apparently millions of them, right? But I want to <laughs> indulge in some sports conspiracy here. Okay. All right. So we just talked about the Brian Flores lawsuit. Okay. Why did they? Why are they getting rid of Brian Flores? Seems odd. He had so much success there for a team that was floundering, right? Huh. And oh, and Bill Belichick, he. He, Brian Flores even finds out because Belichick accidentally sends the wrong Brian a text congratulating him in a job. Well, now, ESPN is not reporting this. I'll believe it and know it's solid when ESPN reports it. However, there are credible news organizations that have reported the following, including the Boston Globe. Also, Pro Football Talk had it. Um, according to those outlets... The Miami Dolphins were close to announcing a Tom Brady, Sean Payton union in Miami when the Flores lawsuit scuttled everything. Bill Belichick sent an accidental Maybe. I guess. He's a better defensive coordinator than I imagined. <laughs> That's his greatest acci- move as defensive coordinator. An accidental text? But is it, if the reporting is true, and again, ESPN is not reporting this yet, but if the reporting is true, st- some of these pieces fit. Why are you getting rid of Flores? Oh, because they can get Sean Payton. Why is that so good? Oh, he comes with Tom Brady. Tom Brady would get a little piece of the team. Why would Tom Brady want to leave Tampa? Oh, he gets a little piece of the team. Maybe he prefers Sean Payton and a piece of the team in Miami as opposed to Tampa. Can I add to this? Keep the music going. Why did Bill Belichick send the text? Because he, he was playing defensive coordinator. There's no hostility between Tom Brady and Bruce Arians? Who was living at Tom Brady's house for a very long time? Who was one of the key cogs in Tom Brady brought to the team saying, don't worry, Bruce, I will manage this. Yeah, so let's let's do these are the ABC. Well, Anto- just the ABs. Yeah, Antonio sorry. Brown. Yeah. And oh, all of a sudden, there was a blow up because of miscommunication between Bruce Arians and Antonio and a Brown. A blow up begins oh, with AB. A B. And there's no Chris Godwin. <laughs> Who is Tom Brady throwing it to, ruining his chance for his eighth Super Bowl? Got to admit, key A blow up. The first two letters are AB. Key. It's all I, coming together. Take the cheese, Key. It's, it's all delicious. coming together perfectly I get, aligned. I get the opportunity to go to Miami and get a piece of a team and maybe have some major input moving forward to run the team and maybe you get in position at some point in time to be a, minor, a majority owner if the team was ever to be come up for sale. I get all of that. But to think that they fired Brian Flores because Sean Payton and Peyton, Man- Peyton Manning, Sean Payton and Tom Brady – orchestrated something months in advance of timing. That doesn't seem Brian wild to me. The that's wild just, part would be if Belichick sent an no, that's accidental wild. text, right? That the would reason, be wild. The reason it's wild is because if you're Stephen Ross and you're the Miami Dolphins and you don't have a deal in principle in place with the New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to acquire – a quarterback and a head coach. Let me hit you with something, why, Key. Why would you fire the head coach? Let me hit you with something. Because you think you're getting somebody else and you have no idea if you're going to be able to get them. Do you find Brian Flores' lawsuit credible? I'm not asking you to pass judgment. Absolutely, I do. One of the things Brian Flores alleged in the lawsuit is that Stephen Ross offered him hundred grand per loss, right, to to get better draft picks. Let me just say, if any of those things are true, if they are true, Stephen Ross has not been found guilty of anything. If they are true, he's a little bit reckless. 
that describes reckless behavior, at least risk-taking behavior, where there is an upside. It's, it's not irrational, like you're incentivized to lose in a way, just like you'd be incentivized to take a swing on Tom Brady and Sean Payton. Think, think about what you just – okay. So, Evan, while I'm talking, find this out for me very quickly. When was Brian Flores fired? Just real quickly. So, look, you, you, you think about this and you say to yourself, it's reckless, right? Yeah, okay, so that would demonstrate reckless behavior as an owner. No question about January it. January 10th. Okay, so January 10th, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were still in the playoffs. Okay, so you're going to fire a coach – not knowing if you can get Tom Brady, I will remind you, Keith. And, I'll remind and, you, and Sean Payton. I'll remind you when you, you got to give up all of that to Key, get. I'll them. remind you, who Sean, Sean Payton is not taking a team with no damn draft picks and uh, no talent. Pardon me, he, unless, he, do unless he and Brady are in communication, they're going to meet up in Tampa. Uh, Evan, when did Nink, when did Rob Ninkovich first say he said it on Get Up, he said it on This Just In, he said it on a bunch of ESPN shows, as I recall, Tom Brady, win or lose in these playoffs, might retire, right? When did that happen? Uh, I don't have the exact day. Is the, is the Wednesday before the uh, AFC divisional round, uh, NFC divisional round, so I'm just going to try and find that. Date real quick. You guys keep that giving us right around January. Yeah, it's not, it sounds no, right around no, the same it, time. It, it's 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 could be could be around the same time, whatever the case may be. But Key. you don't you don't even with reckless behavior. Chris Greer, the general manager, and whoever the president of the Miami Dolphins, <laughs> in top communication with the owner and Stephen Ross. You you're not going to fire a coach, hoping and praying you get a quarterback from another team. Knowing you got to give up, Lord knows how what to get Tom Brady, and they own his rights. The same thing with the New Orleans Saints; they own Sean Payton's rights. That is one of the reasons that Sean Payton couldn't immediately go to the Dallas Cowboys is because the Dallas Cowboys, I mean the New Orleans Saints, they want a haul for Sean Payton's See, rights. You thought Brady was retired for good? You thought like you have not because you are unwilling to indulge in these conspiracy theories. You have not been right about this so far. What if it is a giant conspiracy? You have to entertain that thought. Do you guys want um, another giant conspiracy? Yeah. Hey, there's Pat. How you doing there? Hey, what's up? Uh, the real conspiracy is that Bruce Arians isn't actually a good coach, and everyone's been covering for him for years. Uh, I think, well, I think, I the, record, I think the record could be somewhat reflective of that. Isn't that true? I, 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 I would say he's a good coach. good coach. I would say he, yeah. he's coach of the year in Indianapolis, taking over for Chuck Pagano. He took the took them on a nice little playoff. You also, I would say, the the time that he spent in Arizona as a head coach, uh, took them to the NFC Championship game within minutes of going to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, that's a you good coach You know what I like about this me. background music? Because it's conspiracy theory type background music, we can say whatever we want. And it was a conspiracy theory segment. <laughs> Reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. Yeah, it's, it's, no, no, it's conspiracy. It's kind of satire. Guys, what's being reported, the Dolphins were reportedly, this is like the Boston Globe's reporting pro football talk. This is not ESPN reporting it, okay? And I will believe it when ESPN reports it, but the, if and when. But the Dolphins were reportedly prepared to announce the deal on Super Bowl weekend, and they were planning to announce the hiring of Sean Payton as head coach the Dolphins have acknowledged contacting New Orleans Saints about a deal for Peyton. So, like, I don't know. if I, I just put myself in Stephen Ross's shoes, right? If I had to give up a whole lot to get Brady and Peyton, I'd do it. 
1,000%. And, I would get cut, and, and if I've already cut others, and you've mentioned some of the other people in that area, in the Miami area, that Stephen Ross key has cut in for little pieces of the team, small pieces, I would absolutely do it for Brady. All right, Keith. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Earlier, we couldn't get you on board with a conspiracy theory we had. So we brought in the guy who's always able to convince you on conspiracy theories himself. Kendrick Perkins is back with us. Yeah, Perk, so see if you can Perk if, you can he, if we can get him to phrase it in a way that would get you on board with this conspiracy theory. Perk, what do you think of Uh-oh. the idea that Bill Belichick texted Brian Flores on purpose because he knew Tom Brady was going to go to the Dolphins and he thought this could Man, stop no, Tom Brady stop. from going to the Dolphins. <laughs> can you convince Key this is real? I, you know what? I can't because I can't convince myself it's real. Look, do 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 Belichick even have a cell phone? Like, we saw him <laughs> on draft night and it looked like his dog was doing all the work. So I don't really <laughs> think Belichick <laughs> All communicating with nobody, right? So I can't even believe that this is real. I, I won't do it. But I can't what about the fact? What about the fact that the idea that Brady and and this is not ESPN reporting it. The Boston Globe is though. But that Brady and Peyton, Sean Peyton, like you know, Brady retires all of a sudden, gives a flimsy excuse. I can still play great. I still love football, but uh, my family has sacrificed for me. Now I have to sacrifice for them. Perk, he didn't even say, like, I'm missing time with my family. I don't want to run through the brick wall anymore. He gave a flimsy excuse. Then, then Sean Payton suddenly retires, right? And then Brady unretires when he can't get to where he wants to go. Like, what about the idea that Miami was going to put those two together? Max, are you, are you, do you have inside sources? No, I'm. I'm, I'm I read. I, I read. You know, like the Boston Globe is reporting, and I've have I heard things from certain people. Yes, I have, but not firsthand, secondhand. Man, I've heard. Well, Park, Max, uh-huh. and Jay. If if you if you lay a a, a, a trail of cheese down, them two knuckleheads <laughs> right will go and bite it and get bit by a trap. <laughs> big perk. Gee, my leg is stuck big in the perk. trap. You gotta get me big out. Big perk. Just hear this from me, Big Perk. Max, I, did you go I, for the cheese again? I know yep. where I'm getting my cheese from, Big Perk. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, who you going? You going to Costco's or Kroger's? I'm going to the good spot. I'm going to the expensive <laughs> spot, the one where it's real cheese. Yeah, they're pouring the milk in. They're actually making the cheese. That's all yeah. I'm saying. So, yeah, and, and, yeah, they you know, make it. I, I get Jay. Jay been on top of this as an insider, basically, since Brian Flores <laughs> was fired from the Miami Dolphins. There's no question that, that he had some nuggets there. But this whole conspiracy theorist thing about – Belichick using his cell phone to <laughs> accidentally you know what, text Key? I don't know if I believe that. Get out of here. Wait, hold on. Yeah, wait, you wait, may be on. right about that. I, I don't know that I believe that. I agree that that's a far-out conspiracy theory, and I'm not saying that has to be a part of it. I will say that that thought crossed my mind as soon as I read the news, right? Like, Or, or at least the reporting from the Boston Globe and Pro Football Talk. And, and the idea that, wait a minute, it got scuttled by Brian Flores' lawsuit? Well, how did that even come about? Oh, a mistaken text where Belichick sends it to the wrong Brian. Oops, whoops, I didn't know what I did. Yeah, maybe it's an accident, but you don't think anywhere in your brain maybe no. that thought never crossed your mind no, so, ever? So, so why – okay, so if you are going to fire a coach and because that coach is suing you, but that owner wants a quarterback and a coach, what does that have to do with him suing you? Apparently that scuttled the deal when, when how when why? I, what, what, I'm the owner. I can pick my quarterback if I want to. 
What does that have to do Ooh. with anything? Well, you can't. Yeah, but now your coach, the whole coaching thing, is an issue now because I, I fired Brian him Flores because was fired. I, I fired him because I didn't think he did a great job. There's an whatever his lawsuit. excuse. There's is. an ongoing lawsuit, though, Key. That is that's that's, that's but I'm saying, But I'm saying if, if how you're ta- how if does his how does Brady how does Brady and Sean Payton affect Brian Flores' lawsuit? If if, if, if so, because, they went and because, hired McDaniel. Right, because if you are, it's a very bad look for the Dolphins to hot to. Th- this is a lawsuit that alleges it already a whole bunch. Bad though, this Max. is a lawsuit that alleges not just against the Dolphins, but a whole bunch of stuff against several different teams uh, as it relates to hiring practices of minority coaching candidates. Right. In addition to that, he was fired by his team, who he claims was offering him $100,000 to tank games per loss. And then we find out, possibly, not ESPN is not reporting this, so I don't know, but the Boston Globe is, that, hey. that there was a deal in place for the coach and the quarterback already. By hey. the way, white coach. Hey, hey you, know, you, know, you know what we sound like right now? The Real Housewives of ESPN. Uh, well, all right, so, so Big Perk, give me some more Real Housewives of ESPN because I want to transition to ownership basketball for a second. Michael Jordan, the Charlotte Hornets. You're hearing all this stir that Michael Jordan could be going after Russell Westbrook. Now, we, you and I both have talked about some of the picks that Michael Jordan has had for the Hornets Franchise. I mean, Adam Morrison, the third pick. Cody Zeller, the fourth pick. Noah Vonley, the ninth pick. Michael Kidd Gilchrist, the second pick in the 2012 NBA draft. Would this be detrimental for Michael Jordan to bring in Russell Westbrook to the Charlotte Hornets for the development of LaMelo Ball? It, it would. It would. It would. I, I don't know why would – well, I, I understand why Jordan would do it, and he was uh, – <laughs> And it's a hundred and it's a hundred million reasons why, because that's what Russell Westbrook contract is under Joy under the Jordan brand. So I get that part of it. But to to have a young superstar in the making, in my opinion, and LaMelo Ball, first time all star, why would you bring a guy like Russ in who's gonna one, take the ball away from him? Uh out of his hands a lot of times. They're not gonna complement each other well. And you don't want LaMelo Ball having to look over his shoulder, right? You want that guy, that young man, to go out there and play freely. So what happens is when you bring a guy in like Russell Westbrook, who is a is an alpha male, who still has that mindset of being that guy who's ball dominant, all of a sudden now you're kind of creating a little controversy inside the locker room and the team and from your young superstar in the making. Like, listen. LaMelo Ball is filling up seats in that arena. LaMelo Ball is box office. If I'm Jordan, I stay far away from that as possible, meaning trading for Russell Westbrook. Like, if those rumors are true, I wouldn't even second-guess that. I wouldn't even think twice about doing that. I would say no in the heartbeat just for the simple fact that you have what you want in LaMelo Ball. And, Jay, like you said, he has missed so many times on draft picks the one draft pick that you finally get right, you're going to upset that guy. You can't do it. Yeah, but what if what? But see, Park, I don't even know if that's it though. As much as much like you said, the one right, we in a we in a relationship, a partnership for I don't know what is it six? How long Russ been? Sixteen years or whatever it is. We in a partnership, yeah. but I'm the one guy that can get you to buy in, to play a certain way, 
for us because we got a relationship. So you're going to listen to yep. me. I'm I'm big brother father to you, and I'm going to tell you how to play alongside whoever it is that we put you on the court with. Yeah, but Keith, but Keith let me ask you a question. We're talking about Russell Westbrook here, right? And we, mm-hmm. we're, I'm not going to sit up here and, and downplay a guy that's, you know, a, a top 75 greatest player of all time, a guy that averaged a triple-double for, for four consecutive seasons, an MVP, mm-hmm. all that. But the one thing that Jordan can't help Russell Westbrook with is his shoot. Like, Russell Westbrook has shown us this is who he is, and that's okay. But he just don't compliment LaMelo Ball as, as well, right? LaMelo Ball need a guy around him that's going to be a sniper, right? You have that in Gordon Haywood. You somewhat have that in Terry Rozier, who's a better shooter than Russell Westbrook. As a matter of fact, you have a group that seems like they have a great chemistry together. Why would you break that up for a guy that's aging, that's really, you know, that's at the, the tail end of his prime, in my opinion, that's on the decline for his athleticism? Why would you risk all that just to bring him in for especially a top dollar and give up so many assets and pieces to the Lakers, who you, by the way, might end up helping when it comes down to LeBron James and the GOAT conversation. See, we have to realize that too, right? Michael Jordan so competitive that (laughs) he will try to pull something. Nah, Michael Jordan's so competitive, he would send LeBron everything he needed and be like, try and win now. (laughs) Like, Jordan's not trying to. Right. (laughs) That's how he – Michael Jordan – used to try to motivate players he would face in the playoffs to be their best selves so that when he beat them, they knew he beat their best. Like, that dude was different. But Perk makes very good arguments here, guys. Very good. The only thing I'll say, Perk, it's an expiring deal. If you don't have to give up too much for him, you get $47 million off your books next year. So that, that, that actually becomes an asset around the trade deadline. The great- yeah, but Max, you are, though. You're going to have to make the yeah, money I match up. Yeah, like, I you're going to have to give up some of those pieces. Yeah, I wouldn't give up valuable pieces. I agree with you. Kendrick Perkins, ladies and gentlemen, the great Kendrick Perkins. Appreciate you, as always, Big Perk. All right, KP. Hey, I appreciate you, my brother. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV, RV, and more. In short, a lot of things. Bundle today at Progressive.com. Another NFL conspiracy theory started by a player who wants to get paid. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. 49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel 
clearly wants a new deal. I don't think that the San Francisco 49ers value him at the same level as the Vegas Raiders value Devontae Adams or the Buffalo Bills value Stephon Diggs. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio Sirius XM Channel 80, Jordan Reed, ESPN NFL Draft Analyst with us now. Good morning, Jordan. Good morning, guys. It's a pleasure being here. Thanks for having me. Great to have you. Uh, Debo Samuel clearly wants a new deal. I'm going to take you through Debo's week on social media. He tweeted, oh, okay then, after Stephon Diggs extension. Then he unfollowed the Niners on IG. Then he removed the Niners from his profile picture on Instagram. So, um, Key, before we even get into this stuff, what do you think about Debo? I think he's a good football player. Um, I don't necessarily know that he is a polished wide receiver. And I think that that is going to hurt the type of money that he probably wants to get from the 49ers. He's more of a Swiss Army knife, kind of a hybrid player, in and out of the backfield. You can detach him from the line of scrimmage, take advantage of some safeties and linebackers. You can run him out of the backfield on certain certain type of running plays. But I think that that is what the San Francisco 49ers and John Lynch are probably hesitant on right now in terms of addressing his contract this early in the offseason. Good football player, though. But I honestly believe when he's a hybrid guy, and most hybrid guys, one, they don't last a very long time in the National Football League as, as highly productive guys. And two, you've got to have somebody dial up special plays for him. So Jordan Reed, ESPN NFL draft analyst, making his Keyshawn J. Will and Max debut. Jordan, you have a scouting background, correct? Correct. Okay. What is your response to what he just said? Uh, I mean, I think he's spot on. And I think this is something that we're starting to see creep up a whole bunch as far as these wide receiver ones, in a sense, being paid, whether it's Tyreek Hill or Devontae Adams and just recently with Stephon Diggs. I think with the 707 era that is going on in youth football and also high school with a huge emphasis on that, I think we're going to start to see slowly the wide receiver turn into the new age running back. What I mean by that is, these teams are just going to refuse to pay these guys 20 plus $25 million a year just because I can go in the first or the second round and find these guys anywhere. And the Green Bay Packers and the Pittsburgh Steelers were kind of ahead on this just because this is where they find value with these guys. The Packers have done it plenty of times, whether it's Greg Jennings or Jordy Nelson, um, James Jones, some of these people, some of these players that they have found on day two and day three of the draft, there's just no reason to pay these guys that much money. So with Debo, I think he's in a – different situation I will say just because he plays running back and wide receiver and I think he is spot on as far as him having to be schemed open a lot or be schemed into specific plays and I just don't know if a team is going to be willing to pay that. Jordan Reed let me ask you this then because Mike Tannenbaum also said a month or two about a month ago hey it may be the new running back position in the sense that especially this draft is so deep why would you pay a guy when you could just reset the clock on a young guy then let me ask you this why are these giant receiver contracts being handed out, particularly in this year with a deep receiving class? It's because those teams really haven't caught up to the trend yet. And that's why I said the Steelers and also the Packers are kind of ahead of the curve. And as good as Devontae Adams was, they just didn't feel no need to pay him $25, 26000000 million a year, which is a very hefty price. And he's the best wide receiver in the league, bar none to me. But they just they – just, trust their philosophies that they have had in years past to where they can find somebody in the first or even the second round 
and they just stick to their tendency. So I think that's what we're seeing. Those teams are just behind the trend a little bit, and they haven't really caught up yet. So, Max, this is what I – Jordan is speaking specifically to what I was talking about when it came down to the Green Bay Packers, and he, he ran off a long laundry list of history at the wide receiver position. And to furthermore answer your question about why do we see the numbers intact for some of these other guys, it's depending on the system. Stephon Diggs, the Buffalo Bills traded to get Diggs a couple years ago. They gave up a haul. But because of what they want to do offensively, he is very productive in wit, in in which the things that they're looking to do. When you talk about somebody, for instance, Jordan, like a Debo Samuel and a DK Metcalf, when you look at both of these guys, which one are you more likely to pay at a traditional wide receiver position? And yeah, th- I mean, this theory is really going to be tested just because we have four big names that are coming up that are due for extensions along with Debo. We have Terry McLaurin coming up for the Commanders. We have DK Metcalf coming up. And then also A.J. Brown, too. So we're really going to see if this new trend really stays intact with some of these teams that are coming up with some of these wide receivers that are really, really ascending throughout the league. Jordan, how good is this wide receiver draft class coming up? So I, I think it's – I wouldn't say really good. I just think it's good. And I think the bar has been set so high, especially what we saw last year with Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, and then also Devontae Smith. I don't think that type of talent is in this draft class, but there is some good ones in this draft class. I just don't know if they're those bona fide day one, they're going to step into the league and be superstars like we saw last year with some of these guys. But there's some good ones in the first round. Ohio State has two good ones in Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. I think both of those guys will probably end up being top 20 picks. If I had to guess right now, Traylon Burks from Arkansas is another. Jamison Williams from Alabama. Then also the big boy Drake London at USC who has his pro day next Friday. It's a big day for him. I think if he performs well, he probably can be a top 15 pick. As you look at the receiver class in this year's draft, is there a Debo Samuel lurking in the wing, second, third day type guy? I don't think so in this draft class just because Debo was so unique. I mean, he, he was a really good wide receiver, too. I mean, he went down at the Senior Bowl and nobody could guard him, along with Terry McLaurin. Both of those guys were in the same draft class. So I don't think there's a Debo as far as just a Swiss Army knife that you can use all over the place. But if there was one name that I would say could definitely turn into that possibly, it would be Traylon Burks from Arkansas just because, I mean, when he was there, like they just used him like the best player on the high school football team. Sometimes he's playing running back. Sometimes he's playing wildcat quarterback. Next snap he'll be in the slot. And then next play he'll be on the outside. So that kind of hurt him a little bit just because he's really underdeveloped as a route runner. And that's the big knock on him right now. He's one of those guys you have to scheme open just because he's just not ready right now as far as being precise and snapping off his routes and getting his proper route depth. How big, how big is he? He's like 6'4", 220 or something like that? He's 6'2", 220. Yeah, he, he's, he's real thick, though. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, yeah, so he's bigger than Debo then. Yeah, he's taller than Debo. Yeah, that's what I thought. Jordan Reed, ladies and gentlemen, ESPN NFL draft analyst. Jordan, thanks for jumping on with us this morning. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Thanks a lot, always. Jordan. Jordan's a writer and scout for the Draft Network since 2019. Uh, with us now, so you see how hard you see you see what he said about scheming dudes open. Yep, yep. Yeah, the guys, that, that, it, the guys have re- the right people, man. Right, the guys who require that, who don't just win their matchup automatically, don't get paid in the long run probably the same way that the other guys do. Right? Nope, right. never have. Tune into the ESPN Daily podcast, bringing you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters. Presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily. Available wherever you enjoy your podcasts. 
Round two at Augusta for Tiger is today. And why we might learn more about Tiger today than we did even yesterday. That's next on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Oh, we're coming in with Zeppelin, huh? I love, I love me some Led Zeppelin. I'm not going to Me front. too. I love me some Led. Woo! Yeah, I don't listen to Led at all. I, you know, the first time I didn't start, I, someone was playing at some like little house, not a house party, like a little get together at someone's house. I was like 15. And I didn't know anything about classic rock at all, like nothing, right? I listened to hip hop. I, you know, um, and I heard Over the Hills and Far Away. I was like, yeah, what is this? Led Zeppelin. Oh, I listened to a few more songs. I went out and got every Led Zeppelin record I could find. I love it. I think I got a Led Zeppelin t shirt laying around. <laughs> yeah. you, you have a lot of interesting t shirts laying yeah, around. Yeah, should have worn that today. Yeah, uh, that would have been a good T-shirt to grab today <laughs> instead better. of the blankety blank 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 T-shirt. Jeez, what's now wrong with you? People, I man, <laughs> Key had a flat tire. You know, just gets to the studio in time, sweating and stuff. Turns out, the best look like up he, and he's got a, a T-shirt with an inappropriate. The best is he's like, I never read this T-shirt. I never read the and as I, Look, look, and as I continue to read it, I find more <laughs> disturbing things. <laughs> yeah, whoever knew you had to read a t- the fine print on a T-shirt? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Lord. So, uh, by the way, did you make it, like, from the time you got the flat tire, you get there, I mean, I guess that time of day, you're good in L.A., like, you know, the freeway's wide open and everything, right? In the middle yeah, of the no, basically. yeah, you get a flat. I got it the flat in, in, in my uh, driveway. It was oh. already, you know. So it was easy once I got on the highway. We were good to go. Now, going home, I probably run in a little traffic. It's Friday. It's it's some spring breakers, so I'm sure a lot of people are going to be trying to get in and out of town first thing this you know morning. What's crazy, but, Key? Friday yes. light. You know, like in L.A., Friday a lot of times is lighter. Tra- in New York, it's worse traffic. In L.A., everyone's like, well, it's Friday. I did a half day. I finished yeah, up on yeah, Thursday. Ain't no half day. It's, it's, the people are going to work at 12 and leaving at 2. Yeah, right. That's that's a full day. That's a half day. I was there for two hours. So, Keith, leaving from downtown, you'll hit traffic like at 7 o'clock in the morning? I will hit a little bit going in, getting on the 101. So what I'm going to do is get on the 101, and as I go around the 101, from the 110 to the 101, and as I get out of Hollywood 
and the interchange to to get on the Ventura Freeway. I'm going to get some traffic probably from that point all the way up until just crossing the 405 because people are now coming in and out of the valley to get on the 405 to go downtown. That's the killer. In L.A., it's the north-south freeways, right, like the 405, that create a barrier from crossing east to west because everyone's trying to get on them. You can't cross cross that north-south barrier if you're trying to get east-west. But if you're within the box of L.A. or, or outside that box, you're good. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. The Martians had a death beam pointed at Earth, and they said, take us to your greatest Earthling athlete. How many would you take them to before the best golfer in the world? A thousand? Are there 10,000 athletes playing what I would call like real sports who you would take them to before the golfers? So when I say elite athlete, that's what I mean. Martian death beam. I want Iguodala. That's right. Martian death beam tells you everything you need to know about what you really think. Keyshawn J. Willemax on ESPN Radio Series XM Channel 80 and your smart speakers. So this is a choose-your-own-adventure segment. We let you decide what we talk about on this show. And uh, TB12 owns the AFC East anyway, got 7% of the vote. Aaron Judge to the Mets got 14.5% of the vote. Not that he's going, but what if the Yankees don't extend him and eventually he becomes a free agent and the Mets sign him, right? I'm like, that's never happened before. MLB opening day, part two, almost 19% of the vote. Tiger Woods, round two of the Masters, in spite of this being a sports show, got 60% of the vote. Oh, don't stop. (laughs) I can't help myself. No, it's a great story, and he looked good. I mean, what do I know? But he looked good to me. I'm just curious how he does (laughs) on this leg the second day after playing 18. We we have Mike. Yeah, so see, Michael Collins came on the show and talked about him playing consecutive days, 18 holes, how he will hold up physically. Even on top of that key, you talk about the eye of the tiger. Like, even though you can't see it, for me, just watching the facial expressions of Tiger Wood is theater within itself because I want to know mentally how he battles through some of the physical ailments. He's It's inevitable he's going to have just playing so this hard. amount of golf. It's so hard for me to hear eye of the tiger applied to a golfer. I mean, come on. All right. Here's Tiger Woods, five times Masters champion at the presser yesterday. You know, most sports, if you're not feeling very good, um, get a teammate to pass it off to, and then they can kind of shelter the, the load. Here, we got four straight days, and there's no one going to shoulder the load besides me, and uh, i got to figure out a way to do it, and I, I know how to play. I just got to get out there where I, I can play. Mm, I, I mean, like it is that. hard to walk a lot like on a bad though. leg, you know, like and he's got to do it. I like that. Though. What do you like about it, Key? <clears throat> First of all, he says that in a team sport, you got other people, which is true, to shoulder the load. But like he said, is I know how to play. Yeah. I like that confident. Like, I know how to play. I, I don't need somebody trying to tell me how to walk, how to play. I know what I got to do. In laser focus, this is making him more focused to me. And I know what Jay is saying. Jay is saying, well, that was day one. Here's day two and three and four and so on and so on. What happens now? Well, I got to get more focused. Well, the damn thing's going to tighten up. I got to get more focused. And every step of the way, his focus sharpens. Key, if you could only see the facial expressions that Max Kellerman makes listening to Tiger and hearing you talk about mental acuity and toughness. I was just thinking of how much it's like. I know what he means by individual sports. Like, 
when Sugar Ray Leonard was on the ropes and Marvin Hagler was beat him up, and then it was the ninth round and he flurried off the ropes. Or when, when Muhammad Ali got caught with the, the Joe Frazier left hook, he would have loved to tap out and have a teammate come in, but he could. It's exactly like that. It's so much like that. Come on, man. Like, it I is. hear you. you. It's what, he's walking deep, a golf Max. course, guys. He's Wait, this is what I want, Keith. This is what I want. Max, he's walking a beautiful golf course. Max, you have a bad back. People do that on vacation. You have a bad back, Yes, I do. And uh, I could walk a golf we, course. We should play no, golf, no, and I I'm want you to walk you, a golf I'm course with me and swing some golf clubs. We're going to do this together. You and I are going to have sure. a social yeah, experiment. Gonna, and and yeah. I'm going to ride yeah, along the sure, golf cart with worse. the production. <laughs> I'm going to ride along with the golf cart in the production, yeah, Key. and we're going to film it. <laughs> Key is going to be in the golf cart like the boxing trainer when the dude is running, <laughs> and the trainer's in the car. Hurry up with the bullhorn. Hurry up. Run faster. Yeah, no, man. Yeah, you got a bad back, Max. I want you. Oh, here. You got a bad back. It's raining in New York, correct? No, not now. No, it's nice today. Okay, it's nice. I walk two miles every day. But hold on, hold on. After the, same, the show, but you're not swinging you're gonna, a golf you're gonna, club. Oh, sorry. You're gonna be somewhere. Club. You're gonna be somewhere this weekend that has a little bit of sand. Yeah. That sand probably has a little moisture because it was wet and raining. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. I'm thinking maybe it has a little bit. Won't you go try to walk a couple miles up and back on that sand and see how a, that feels? I'm not a supposed elite athlete, and guess what? That doesn't sound that hard to me. No, no, oh, I don't, I don't want him. I don't want him to do it by himself. I want him to do it with us so I can video record it. Sure. By the time we get on the, the, the third hole, you're going to see this dude sweating. I'm sure you're gonna I'll be see sweating him holding if it's his hot back. Out. You're going to hear him saying, man, this is different. I, you know, but I what I won't do is talk about, I'm, all, I'm out there all by myself. I had to walk six miles by myself. That's, on, that alone is stress, man. When you, all right. We're, we're the, bending over backwards no, to make golf sound harder over. than it is. We're talking about no, the difference no, between no, a team no, sport hold on, hold and on. an individual sport. Hold on. Like let, me, let, me correct, let me correct myself. I've never, I don't play, da, da, so I'm, I'll take your word for it. What I'm saying is I understand golf is very difficult. I'm not arguing to play on the highest level isn't difficult. What I am arguing is not every very difficult thing that even requires some elite ability uh, demonstrates that you're an elite athlete. That's but what it I'm affects everything that he does. He yes, has to be on the bad elite, leg. He and, has to. He yeah. has to be an elite elite athlete to be able to counter that and get through that. Yeah. No normal Joe like you just said. Like you couldn't. I don't give a damn what you tell me. You couldn't do that, Max. So, I, could, well, can, I, I can, could walk six can, miles can, right now, an, and I have a bad here's back. Here's an example I mean, of a kid. And then go play. Can, and then go play. Whatever, eighteen holes. Well, I'll tell you something else. Let me tell you guys an example of this. Yeah. So I can knock the ball a good two ninety five. I can get yeah. three hundred sometimes. Get him, Jay. Nice right? flex. Yeah, all day long. Yeah, but when I hurt my leg, I couldn't turn over the same way. So mm-hmm. I start using my hands more. I, so I can still knock the ball close to the same distance, but I don't jokes have the aside, same Let me ask you something as a golf my guy. Leg. I want to ask something as but a I'm golf guy. But I'm still have my back push leg. No, no, but for real, as a golf guy. So Tiger's going to have to compensate yes, for in sure. certain ways. Is there a danger, do you think, that in his compensating, he has to permanently start altering some things or it will throw other parts of his game off? Or will he have to do that because this is his new reality anyway and he's going to have to kind of start to adjust things he does permanently? 1,000%. Really? I, I think it's going to lead to inevitably something else happening. Yeah, because, because you, you know, are compensating. everything's connected to everything well, else. Well, also, what, what we've seen over the past couple of days is he doesn't have the same power, Max. So, uh-huh. so he actually has – it's shown that, like, he does not hit the driver. Like, when Tiger first came on tour, he hit it past everybody. And they had to actually Tiger-proof all these courses to prevent him. They'd make them longer and more narrow so to – to prevent Tiger from winning all the time. Well, he did a Kareem? 
They changed the game. And and so now that's part of the thing he has to compensate for is he's not hitting the ball as far. Mm-hmm. So he has to, like a shot he hit yesterday, has to be more precise with his irons, which he was yesterday. Like when a pitcher. He his, like a yeah. pitcher getting older. He can't yes. throw 100. you got to start hitting spots. Man, that, that shot yes. yesterday dropped within Mike what, Lucina in, you know, what year was it, 2000, 2008? Yeah. Yeah. When he won 20 games and didn't have much left. That, yep. that thing of Tiger that way. Mm-hmm. That shot yesterday, though, Evan. What, the on shot the par yesterday three? was within a foot. The par three? Yeah, on the par three, yeah. 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 Three feet, I think he, they said. Was it three feet? Yeah. Oh, good for him. I'm rooting for Tiger. I hope he does very well. <laughs> oh, I love it. I just, you know, just the hyperbole a little bit. Little I'm bit texting Max the, all over the weekend. With the eye of the Tiger stuff Max, and how hard it is to walk six miles and swing a golf club. Just stop. I know you're a big Yankee fan. Even though 14% of the people only voted for it, I think we should mention that Aaron Judge said this morning when he met with the media on Yankee opening day that he does not have an update on extension negotiations. Today does remain his deadline. And he doesn't want to negotiate in season. Judge said a one-year deal for this season is not done either. And he said first pitch is at 108. Oh, Aaron Judge. Talk about a guy worth the, worth the price of admission. Hits Love the ball watching a long him way. play ball. Hits the ball a long way, takes it the other way, runs to bases, has a great arm, robs home runs. Like he's a great, a great five-tool player. Imagine if he became if he actually dedicated his life to hit it seven thousand yards. All right, Tiger this weekend, Yankees opening day coming up in a little bit. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, we're back Monday six a.m. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from six to ten Eastern on ESPN Radio.